Hello and welcome to another episode of Pondering in Economics. This is your host, Ziyang Tsui, and today in episode 4, we will be examining opportunity cost. Hope you guys enjoy. So the concept of opportunity cost was first introduced to me last year in APECon by Mr. Streit. I think it was one of the first concepts introduced in the first unit, or it might have been actually from the summer reading unit. And I remembered looking over it and thinking like, wow, like that's a really important way to approach uh, a decision, right? Because the basic definition of it is that it's the benefits an individual investor or a business misses out on when choosing one alternative over another. And um, I actually got this definition word for word from Investopedia, which is what I consider an extremely great source for econ notes, for studying, or just for learning more about econ in general. And I think it's just a great tool for someone who might be taking econ or who's for someone who just wants to learn more about it. And I would definitely recommend checking it out. Anyways, I think a better way of looking at it is to see that um, it's really a trade-off, right? Whenever you make a decision, you have to analyze what you're gaining as well as what you're losing, right? So what you might be giving up when you make that decision. So a different way to think about opportunity cost is that it's the price of the next best thing you could have done. And um, you can also break opportunity cost into explicit opportunity cost and implicit opportunity cost, right? Explicit deals with price, money, and just cash, right? So let's um, let's examine a real world example, right? So if you choose to buy a baseball bat for $40, the explicit opportunity cost is what you could have done with that $40 had you not bought that baseball bat, right? You could have donated the cash to charity, bought a bunch of burgers or anything else, right? There's a million things you could have spent that $40 on, but you chose to spend it on the baseball bat. And um, when you examine this this, this um, choice of buying the baseball bat, you should see, um, or you, you, you should think about, is does buying the baseball bat for the $40 cost bring me the most happiness, the most utility um, than what you could have spent the $40 else uh, on elsewhere, right? And then other than this, um, you could you can break it into implicit opportunity costs, right? Implicit deals with resources that are not money, right? So anything that doesn't really include just straight up cash, right? So that could be something that's not a direct cost, but rather the lost opportunity to generate income through those resources. And a real world world example of this would be, let's say you have a Cape House um, in somewhere in the Cape, I don't know where, right? And you use it only as a vacation home. You go there every weekend and uh, then on the weekdays, it just sits empty, right? There's no one there. You only use it as a vacation home. You know, you have a lot of fun there. You bring your family there. It's all good. It's all nice, right? Your implicit opportunity cost here is the rental income you could have generated if you chose to rent it out, right? So it, 
it's definitely a more difficult concept to wrap your head around um, when compared to the explicit opportunity cost. So even though it doesn't cost you any money to use this vacation home for yourself, right? Uh, you still forego the opportunity to generate some income, right? By not renting it out and only using it as a vacation home. Let's say you miss out on maybe like $2,000 a month. And um, this scenario really raises the question, if you're in this situation, are you in fact losing $2,000 by using it um, as a vacation home and not renting it um, out? And in order to really truly examine this, I guess, question and delve into this issue, we have to introduce some um, aspects and characteristics of opportunity cost. Um, and so what we need to see is that um, even though opportunity cost is deeply rooted in money and finance and um, just econ in general, it does um, also include personal emotions, feelings, and values, right? An example would be, um, right now I'm a senior, I'm heading off to college, and I guess other than, I guess, straight up college, a big question that's been raised is like, what do I do, want to do with my life, right? How, what careers do I want to pursue later in life? And um, for example, let's say that um, even though you can make more money as a doctor, it doesn't mean that becoming a doctor is always the correct path. Or the correct career choice. So if other careers give you more satisfaction, more happiness, then there's also a give and take between that. Let's say you're choosing between uh, going to school for another three to four years to become a doctor versus, uh, versus entering the workforce as a conservationist. If you do indeed become a conservationist, you are forgoing a large amount of income that you could have earned as a doctor. However, if you examine the flip side of it, if you do become a doctor, you will be also forgoing personal satisfaction and happiness that you could have gotten as a conservationist. So it's really important to examine the give and take that really doesn't relate to money, right? It relates to personal happiness, personal value, and that's something that's not really tangible. So to sum it up, to sum this scenario up at least, uh, the give and take would be becoming a doctor, earning lots of money, but not being happy versus um, becoming a conservationist, earning less money, but being very happy. Right. So what you're really trying to compare is the money, the um, yeah, like the money you, you earn by being doctor versus the happiness you get after uh, by be, being becoming a conservationist. And um, that's something that's really difficult to quantify because how can you how do you compare money which is really tangible and quantifiable and personal satisfaction which is neither tangible or quantifiable is it even possible to quantify happiness so before we examine that question let's head back to the cape pass example right that was one of the first examples um we made so now we can understand that renting the cape house uh, would forgo personal enjoyment that you would have gained by spending time in this vacation house, right? So by renting it out, you wouldn't have the opportunity to go there every weekend, have tons of fun, you know, relax, uh, take a break from the weekday, de-stress. That's, um, those are the things that you are forgoing if you were to rent it out. So 
the give and take in this scenario would be the personal satisfaction, the happiness that you're forgoing if you rent it out versus the money, the rent money, the cold hard cash, right? And like similar to um, the doctor and the conservationist argument, it's like how do you quantify, how do you truly compare these two um these two things right because happiness is intangible you can't really quantify it or can you so there's not one uh, particular agreed on or defined mathematical formula that actually calculates opportunity cost but there are definitely ways to think about it using math and uh, one such way is to, to calculate opportunity cost is to look at the ratio of what you're sacrificing uh, to what you're actually gaining and we can examine the importance of looking at it through a ratio rather than through like subtraction or addition uh, by going back to our real life example um, with the doctor and the conservationist. Let us postulate that as a doctor you would earn $100 per hour. That's just a random number, but let's say 100 per hour. And then as a conservationist, you would only earn $50 per hour. Many of you, including me at first, um, might be tempted to simply do subtraction, right? Uh, find the opportunity cost by um, subtracting what I gain from what I sacrifice. But that's not actually correct, right? That gives a value of $25 per hour. And um, if we look at the ratio, right, then we can actually obtain the true value of what we're um, giving up. So... If we divide $100 as a do doctor, which is what we're sacrificing, by the $50 as a conservationist, which is uh, what we stand to gain, um, that gives us $2 of opportunity cost. And you can already see a very a big dichotomy between the $25 an hour by simple subtraction versus the $2 by the ratio. And um, so what this $2 actually tells us is that... Um, for every dollar we earn working uh, for one hour as a conservationist, we would sacrifice two dollars working the same hour as a um, doctor. I know some listeners might be thinking, wait, Ziyang, you still haven't really told us how to actually quantify emotions or happiness or personal satisfaction. But I promise I'm getting there right now, okay? So even though fulfillment is a lot more difficult to quantify than wages. Um, there's still a bunch of creative ways to conduct a um, cost-benefit analysis, uh, analysis of opportunity cost. An example of a method would be to ask us or yourself to quantify how happy you would be at either job on a scale of 1 to 10. So if we go back to our previous example, let's postulate that you would give the better paying doctor job a 3 out of 10, which means you're not very happy at that job. And um, you give the worst paying conservationist job a 9 out of 10, signifying that you're pretty content, you're um, pretty happy with being a conservationist, right? And then in order to calculate what can be termed as the fulfillment opportunity cost, and, and um, just a reminder that um, our old value of two dollars uh, was the financial opportunity cost. Okay, so just just making sure you guys know. Uh, so the the fulfillment opportunity cost of taking this conservationist job, uh, you to find that value, you you would have to divide three, which is what you're sacrificing. The three comes from the three out of ten you gave to doctor job, 
divided by 9, which is what you stand to gain, which is the 9 out of 10 um, from the conservationist job, which would obtain a value of 0 0.33. And um, this value tells us that for every unit of fulfillment you'll gain as a conservationist, um, you would be, no, so, so for every unit you'd um, gain as a conservationist, you'd be sacrificing 0 0.33 units of fulfillment as a doctor. And um, so right now we have two numbers, right? Two dollars um, for the financial opportunity cost, which we calculated at first, um, by finding the ratio between um, the wages, right? 100 divided by 50. And the 0 0.33 unit fulfillment opportunity cost, which we also calculated with a ratio between um, our ratings out of 10. Nine divi uh, three divided by nine, excuse me. And... Um, in order to truly compare these values, uh, the most simple way is to assume that money and workplace fulfillment are equally important to us, right? So if so, in order to directly evaluate these two numbers, we'd, we'd have to multiply them together to create the composite opportunity cost, right? And this composite opportunity cost merges both of our financial and fulfillment opportunity cost. And if the value we get is greater than 1, then our calculations will tell us, tell us that the opportunity cost outweighs the benefits. So what that means is we shouldn't pursue this venture, right? Because there is so much we're losing out when compared to what we're gaining. And um, However, if this value is smaller than the 1, then the benefits outweigh the cost. So we should pursue this venture because there are more we stand to gain than to lose. And when we multiply um, our financial and fulfillment opportunity cost, we um, do 2 times 0 0.33 to get 0 0.67, which is smaller than 1. And this tells us, this 0 0.67 value tells us that the composite opportunity cost is low enough, since it's below 1, that um, the conservation job is more worthwhile than the doctor job, right? So the benefits we stand to gain from the conservationist job is um, outweigh the co uh, the costs we stand to lose, or or, or the the things we stand to lose from taking the conservationist job, right? The costs of not taking the doctor job, and um, so therefore, according to this cost benefit analysis, we should take the conservationist job. But for many people, um, money and workplace fulfillment, or or um, two factors in general, they're not always equal, right? And um, in order to really calculate an accurate value for if these things were not to be equal, we'd have to weigh them. Let's say um, we value money twice as much as workplace fulfillment, right? If we use the same values we calculated before, the two for uh, financial opportunity cost and the 0 0.33 units for the fulfillment opportunity cost, then um, we would have to multiply uh, one of them by 2 or divide another one by uh, 2. So if money actually weighs uh, twice as much, then money should count for twice as much as the workplace fulfillment. That's where I got the number 2 from. And in order to account for this um, actual disparity, we can either do two things, right? Like I mentioned before, we can multiply uh, a value by 2 and in this case, we would have to multiply the financial opportunity cost by 2 if we want to weigh it to be twice as much. And if we did so, if we multiplied the financial opportunity cost by 2, we, we would have to keep, uh, uh, keep 
the fulfillment opportunity cost the same to avoid um, counting it twice. Another option is to keep the financial opportunity cost as the same as the $2 value and divide the fulfillment opportunity cost by two to get zero point like what like one seven something around that and um something that's really important to note is that you can only do either one of these right you don't want to both multiply by two and then then also divide by two because that would count the that that would weigh the values twice and so we would make it so that it would seem that money uh, is worth four times as much as our fulfillment, which is not the case. It's only way, uh, worth two times as much. And so let's just examine one method, right? Let's say we um, choose the first option and multiply the financial opportunity cost by two while keeping the fulfillment opportunity cost at the same value of 0 0.33. So the old value for the financial opportunity cost is two. So when we multiply it by two, we get four. So the weighted value of the financial opportunity uh, the financial opportunity cost is $4 rather than 2 now. And if we plug that value back into the equation for the composite opportunity cost, we get 4 times 0 0.33, which is 1.33. So first of all, we notice that 1.33 is greater than 1. So in this case, when money is weighed twice as much as fulfillment, so money matters twice as much as fulfillment, then the composite opportunity cost is too great to make the conservationist job worthwhile. And so you should become a doctor instead. And um, I think another interesting thing to do is to compare these two, the two values for the composite opportunity cost we calculated, right? So when we weigh money to be twice as much as fulfillment, we get a value of 1.33. When we weigh money to be equal as fulfillment, we get a value of 0 0.47, uh, 0 0.67, excuse me. And um, what's so interesting is that 1.33 is actually two times 0 0.67, about, right? So 0 0.67 is a rounded number and so is 1.33, but um, they're essentially um, deferred by a factor of two. And if you think about it using math, right, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because we multiplied the money value, the financial opportunity cost by two. And um, when calculating our, op um, our uh, composite opportunity cost, we need we had to multiply financial opportunity cost by fulfillment opportunity cost. If our financial opportunity cost was already multiplied by two, then um, the composite opportunity cost should also be multiplied by two in a way so it should be double what it was before and 1.33 is double um, 0 0.67 now um so like that that really accounts for a way to compare really the opportunity costs of a job or, or two jobs to be exact and compare the money the financial opportunity costs of it versus the fulfillment opportunity costs so let's go back to the $2,000 example, right? That uh, This $2,000 example definitely makes it a lot more difficult to compare because it's not the same as a job, right? Because if we think about it, for the $2,000 cape house example, when we um, actually, if we don't rent out the cape house, we get $0. And if we want to create a ratio, we would have to divide 2,000 by zero, and that would give an undefined number. So how do we actually really compare these two values? 
So in this case, personally, I think that um, this ratio method doesn't really work, right? You can't really hope to divide, um, hope to directly evaluate these two scenarios by simply dividing them and to find the financial opportunity cost. I th and similarly for um, the fulfillment opportunity cost, it would be reasonable to assume that um, having a vacation home, having a summer place, having somewhere to go on the weekends would bring you fulfillment, while not having that place would bring you zero fulfillment. So, it, so if we were to calculate the fulfillment opportunity cost, we'd also have to divide by zero in some way, shape, or form. So that wouldn't really work. So I think that shows the limits of the ratio method. But um, as we saw with our doctor and conservationist um, example, it is a very useful method when uh, if we were to go into the job market, if we're looking for a job and if we have to decide between two jobs. And right now, but like for example, I'm a senior, like I said before, and I'm really trying to decide what I want to do in the future. And it's definitely hard to quantify really to know exactly the financial opportunity cost and the fulfillment opportunity cost, right? I haven't really truly experienced um, the two fields like, or, or like the fields I'm looking into. So I don't know how I would rate the fields out of 10. And so one thing that shows is the importance of actually doing internships, trying out these fields, get gaining hands-on experience so you'll know what um, how much you'll like it or how much you don't like it to give yourself an accurate representation um, of your fulfillment in each of these fields. And I think that's a really crucial point in um, college. I know I'm like diverging from the econ part of it, but I think um, th this idea is really central and crucial to opportunity cost, right? In order to accurately calculate an opportunity cost value, you'd have to really get um, really good numbers. And in a sense, to get good numbers, to get good values for the fulfillment opportunity cost, you would have to be able to accurately uh, define a value that represents your fulfillment at each of these fields. And so that's what college is great for, exploring, trying out new things, to give you yourself an accurate um, numbers for um, two different career fields. And as for the numbers in a financial opportunity cost, those are simply the wages, right? And I, and if you look at, for example, doctor and conservationist, I made up two random numbers, right? $100 an hour versus $50 an hour. But from a high school perspective, you can't really, it's definitely really difficult and it, it'd be inaccurate to, I guess, just Google online, you know, like, oh, like, how much does a doctor make? How much does a conservationist make? And then create a ratio from that. And um, that's inaccurate because just because that, like, the Google number would be an average or, I guess, what, um, the, yeah, like an average of what all doctors make or of what all um, conservationists make. And it wouldn't really be what you would make. And so that really shows the importance of good research, right? Um, when you're considering fields, I think it's really important to research these, uh, the fields you're considering a lot to get an accurate sense of how much money you would actually make um, if you were to pursue these fields. For example, as a doctor, um, it's, it's a lot more complicated than simply um, hours, uh, like how much money you earn an hour. You have to go to med school where you lose 
thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. You you accumulate debt. You lose um, three to four years of your life. Um, and during that time, you don't really earn that much money. Even even in the years past that, you don't earn that much money. You only earn the significant salaries after you officially become a doctor. So that's really um, really important to consider. And that's also really difficult to quantify, right? It's really difficult to take into fa- a factor all these different, I guess, um, aspects of your decision, right? Med school, the time your commitment, your being away from a family. So that's that's definitely really important to look at. So I think the overall message I'm trying to get at is that even though it's really important to calculate opportunity cost and it's important to do your research to gain hands-on experience, it shouldn't be your like all means like one formula to calculate what you should do to determine every decision in your life. I think for some simpler decisions such as buying the baseball bat, like the first example of buying the baseball bat, you can definitely use opportunity cost. It's really simple, like the $40. Do you want uh, the baseball bat or what else you can spend with the $40? But with something such as like career choice or something like like what you want to do in the future, it's it's not really the best the most optimal tool for that and is there really an optimal tool like using math I don't think so so I think those that's really the basic rundown on opportunity cost and um, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode episode four ponderings and economics please check it out and also last reminder um well first reminder actually um so Currently, we're working to create another podcast series um, really based on economics, and it's aligned with the AP Econ course at Belmont High School. What we're trying to do is to make unit review podcasts that um, align with each unit and that provide lots of real-life examples like I provided in this podcast that relate to difficult economics concepts. And we're trying to make them maybe 10 to 20 minutes long. We're trying to make accompanying slides, and I think we'll post it around I think like early November so maybe by the time you guys are listening to this it will already be posted so be sure to check it out be sure to check out the next episode of Ponderings in Economics I'm not sure what we're going to talk about but you know have fun Are you a woman leader who wants to unlock her full potential? Wellesley College's executive education programs empower, inspire, and encourage women leaders to understand, own, and leverage their personal power. Through a unique blend of leadership strategies, critical thinking, and inner reflection, participants gain vital leadership perspectives and tools needed for career success and advancement. Discover your power. Discover the Wellesley difference. Learn more at wellesley.edu executive. Security threats are everywhere. But with Xfinity XFi, you're notified of threats to your in-home Wi-Fi network, so all your connected devices are protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. Plus, ask about enhanced security for safer browsing and more. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply.